It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day, everyone. Back again. Episode 102 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, a live betting preview of this weekend's Premier League. We're also going to be looking at the La Liga. We're going to be looking at Liga. And you wouldn't... Sorry, I'm a bit slow here. I haven't written all this down, so I'm frantically trying to find (laughs) what we're covering. Uh, And then you wouldn't read about it. We're going to America. We're going to the MLS. I mean, this is just unprecedented times on the podcast. And who better to do it with? Then our card betting expert and the man who's just full of stats, George Gamble. First of all, mate, how is how's the tooth? Everyone's wondering. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I had to undergo a slight little op just to kind of sort it out after a numerous trips to uh, the dentist and a, a lot of a lot of pliers involved. But uh, no, I'm all good now, mate. It was just, it was just a rough few days, but and I, I felt absolutely out of it. But no, I'm on the mend now, feeling uh, close to 100 percent and uh, happy to be back. It's a it's a pleasure having you back. You probably would have, or you were listening in last week, and Nigel was was giving you quite a lot of stick, mate. So, um, I mean, I don't know what he's out with. Did you like my little tweet, little little pun there? Did you did you get that one about uh, about Nigel being out with a patel, uh, shattered pastel attendant? I did. To be fair, I didn't see it, but now you've told me the pastel attendant. I do like that. That's good. Yeah. You, you know for a fact he's sitting, he's sitting back with a few Stellas. It's not not you know Nia just synonymous with Stella. Yeah, it's like no, it's not him without a Stella is like Noel Edmonds without Mister Blobby. Do you know what I mean? It's, you just you don't see it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's very strange. He, he loves his Stellas. Um, last week, mate, you. I mean, I only we only just went through the results off air before, and I believe did you go three for five? I think last week. Something like that. Uh, Atalanta came in at a big price for match result on both teams to score. Winning away, I believe it was Genoa. Um, they won that one. Southampton obviously picking up the win at home to Fulham as well. Didn't quite get the unders with that one. Is a, a late goal flurry. Saw that one finish 3-1. An Eintracht with the, sort of the surprise of the weekend, losing away to uh, just a, an abominable Schalke side. Managed to lose that one 4-3 despite having a, a better goal XG, better chances. But Schalke missed a penalty in that one as well. It was... Uh, Bit of an odd game, to be honest, a slight anomaly, but uh, no, it was a good weekend overall, and uh, we move on. Yep, definitely. All right, um, just a few quick questions. We've got, uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce that. He's saying any NBA bets for tonight, mate. Mate, we've never really done any NBA previews, but uh, so no, the answer would be no, but maybe in the future we'll be looking into the, the NBA. Uh, we just got an article up on the blog, actually of uh, kind of an NBA playoffs preview, so that should be fun. Head over to our blog. And Gambling Fan says, Alex, as you are now going part-time, will you now be also giving tips? Mate, you don't want my tips, mate. You'll go broke. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, mate, no, nah, not not football's not really my thing. I mean, I'm more than happy to talk about Arsenal and give some uh, feedback there because I actually watch every single game and have decent knowledge about Arsenal. But um yeah, maybe on the MMA side of things later down the line. But thanks for asking. And yeah, we will uh, get to today's preview. Uh, one moment. Let me get my uh, little lower third up. It's going spastic down the bottom. Mate, how good's this? The top four race. This is uh, this is probably 
this is this is quite exciting i think i mean the fans are back in the stadiums and what do you know we've got a we've got a you know great last round here where you've got three teams fighting for two top four or champions league places whatever you want to call it uh before we get into that mate the quiz question for the week is which this is right down your alley mate and and i'd expect you to get this right which two players have earned the most yellow cards this epl season so far with one game remaining um and yeah if you don't get that one right mate we'll be uh ripping up the contract and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be all over uh we'll get back to, we'll get the the answer at the end of the at the end of the podcast i do have some options if you're really struggling mate and maybe this week people you can send in your answers and who you think has the has the most yellow cards in the epl this season the thing is i think i know it already but i'll uh, find out at the end won't i that's what nigel said last week mate and he was completely wrong so uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see how you go um all right so what we're going to do is we're going to cover the i guess there's three big games here that'll that'll decide who makes the champions league you've got leicester city and tottenham you have aston villa and chelsea and then you have liverpool and crystal palace um i mean i don't know where you want to start mate but i guess if we want a little preview of every game you've got Chelsea, Aston Villa, Chelsea a little bit unpredictable at the moment with their form and they're playing a Villa side with Watkins and Grealish, Grealish back in the team. So, I mean, we're talking about a completely different side than Villa has been the last few weeks. Uh, Liverpool, four-game winning streak. They're on, they're on fire at the moment. They've got their mojo back, it seems. And Leicester, their league form... Let's be honest. It's been it's been pretty poor lately. They've kind of been all over the place, losing to sides that they shouldn't be. Um, but they face a Tottenham side, which has been, you would probably say, worse. So, mate, I'll just let you take the floor. Where do you want to take me in this top four race? Uh, what you think might happen on the final day? And I can kind of flick through on my screen and give people the the betting odds of each different game. Well. I mean, I've kind of gone into a bit more depth into uh, a few of those, but um, the one I've not gone into so much depth is the Aston Villa Chelsea game. But because I was waiting for refs to come out, obviously, uh, I not had much time today to catch up. But just seeing Stuart Atwell is the appointment um, to officiate the Aston Villa against Chelsea game. And, you know, Jack Grealish is, is the most fouled player in the division, um, winning a lot of set pieces for Villa with the way Chelsea are. You know, it's, it's a game they kind of they need. To win just to kind of ensure their spot in that top four um you've got Aston Villa who aren't really playing for anything but as we saw in their their game against Tottenham you know it doesn't necessarily matter they still want to play their best they still want to kind of finish as high as possible with a, a high points tally um I'd be looking at the free kick markets in this one personally um you know Villa are a hard side to play against they are and I can see them giving Tuchel's side a few problems to think about and Aston Villa like Villa games the free kick lines always land i did quite well um narrowly across it actually in their game against tottenham i had it was villa to commit 14 or more fouls um and they managed uh, 13 or more sorry and they got the 13 but i think spurs saw around committed around 20 fouls you know villa side they're just they're fouled so often so i'd be looking at potentially on unibet unibet are usually quite good um with the free kick lines on that so uh, i'd be having a look for you know chelsea to commit maybe 15 or more if the line's below that I'd be having that all day long, but um, so that'd be my sort of having 
angle for, for the Chelsea game. But like I said, I've gone more into depth on, on the other ones. I mean, obviously, before we move on, I don't suppose if you've got any sort of uh, opinions on the Villa against Chelsea game yourself. Uh, not really, mate. Just hope that, that <laughs> Villa wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. I mean, but no, everyone wants to see Leicester make it, don't they? Like, I mean, oh, I mean, you got Liverpool Leicester, and Chelsea. Yeah, you got Liverpool and Chelsea there. So, um, I mean, do I have a preference as to which one of them make it? Not really. I mean, as a, as a City fan, I over, I'm overthinking it when it comes to Chelsea as we play them in the Champions League final. Um, I sort of think, oh, but if they've if they don't make it into the Champions League, say for some freak reason, they they're the ones to drop out. You know they're going to be like, no, we need to win this Champions League because we want to be in it next season. It's going to give them that extra impetus. And you know, if they get into it automatically, are they you know, they're not going to take their eyes off it. They're not going to play any less because chance to win a trophy. But yeah, I, I don't really know. To be honest, I'm kind of swinging it. But I think overall, as a football fan as well, yeah, we're all Leicester. You want to see Leicester winning. You want to see Leicester yeah. getting to that top four as well. Um, but yeah, and speaking of which, moving on to Leicester against Spurs. Um, I was looking at this one and Spurs have won just 39% of their away games this season um, and they've lost three of their five away games against the top six, only winning once and that was uh, the 6-1 thrashing of United um, at Old Trafford but that was back in October of 2020 and they've conceded in four of those uh, five and also two plus in three of them so you know the way that Spurs are playing at the moment they just they look completely devoid of any confidence they don't really know what they're doing Um, it's a bit of a a calamitous performance against Villa, in my view. I mean, I don't want to read too much into it, but just the basics. I mean, Son, a player who I really do like, but he was losing it on every occasion. Regulon potentially had the worst game of his career. Everything just went wrong for them. But, you know, Ryan Mason, is, is quite clear he's out of his depth. He's not going to be there, obviously, for next season. Um, but it's worrying times at Tottenham. I think, obviously, with the Jeez. possibility of Harry Kane looking like that he's going to be off as well, looking like he's leaving. And, you know, Spurs financially, for Daniel Levy, you know, they owe a lot of money. Um, obviously, they just opened this brand new stadium. But it's, I think it's a very dangerous time for Spurs moving forward. Um, and you often see when there's things going on in the background, you know, the performances aren't quite great on the pitch. And you're seeing that with Spurs even before that. So I don't give Spurs much hope here whatsoever. Um, I mean, Leicester have drawn just one home Premier League game all season. Uh, and that was a one-all draw with Man United. Uh, they've beaten Chelsea and beaten Liverpool at home this season. Admittedly, that was a Frank Lampard Chelsea side, but that was only about a week or two before Tuchel came in. Um, and yeah, Leicester have also won two of their last three games against Tottenham. But in terms of Tottenham as well, we've obviously just mentioned how bad they are. Only Brighton have lost more points from winning positions than Spurs this season. Spurs have lost 23 points from winning positions. And that includes, obviously, we saw against Villa, they took the lead nice and early and then Villa just dominated and then got the win. So it kind of shows their defensive frailties and, and the mentality they've got at the moment as well. Uh, they're just they're just awful, plain and simple. That's all you can kind of say. Mm. Um, and Spurs need West Ham to lose at home to Southampton. Uh, meanwhile, Leicester need to win uh, and Chelsea or Liverpool to, to drop points to get back into that top four. So, you know, there's kind of motivation for both of these sides. But I don't see how Spurs get the win here against Leicester. I just I don't see it happening. When Leicester played Chelsea, uh, not the FA Cup final, but the following league game, they looked a little bit hungover, if you like, but that's to be expected after, you know, putting all that effort into a cup final, winning it against the odds. Um, but, you know, and then they play that Chelsea again. And we've seen it before when sides play each other in the cup and then they've got to play each other very quickly um, in the league. The chance of the second affair is just the performance drops massively. But I think they'll raise their game here, obviously, um, with fans back as well. 
everything's against Spurs in this one, in my book. So I do fancy goals. Is this the last game of the season? The last game, uh, the last match day, always sees a hat full of goals. And uh, it tends to be the way. Um, and yeah, for over 2.5 goals and Leicester double chance is a 2.17 on Unibet, which I thought was a cracking price because, you know, Spurs do tend to score, but uh, they're not going to score more than Leicester in my book. Leicester are going to at least draw this game. So yeah, over 2.5 goals in a Leicester City double chance at 2.17 looks a punt for me on Unibet. Okay, great stuff, mate. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise that Spurs actually still had a chance of making the Europa League. So yeah, that, that mm. is obviously if West Ham lose and they win. So yep. um, they do have a lot to play for. And even if they get a draw or something like that, there's still half a chance of making the first ever Europa Conference League, which I'm sure teams will be very, very excited to qualify for. Myself personally, I'm I'm not quite sure whether I even want Arsenal to play in that competition. But um, yeah, it's... Um, yeah. There's a lot to play for in that game, and I guess if if I'm, I actually might just get the table up for people so they can kind of understand the the scenario of exactly what's could happen on the final day. It's a bit of a shame, really, because obviously no one seems to want the Europa League. They see it more of a as a distraction because you know my my dad is a Spurs fan, and he was saying I don't even want us playing the Europa League. It's just a distraction. I'd rather a manager come in, just get have the domestic season to sort things out. I don't want Europa League, and. You yeah. do wonder, are the players going to be the same? You know, like, do we really want to play Europa League? Like, it's, it's just an inconvenience. You know, it's not the pre- well, prestigious tournament. So it's, it's, good it's hard to say. It's half of the season. It's great for the first half of the season, I think, because you get to, you know, you get to really rotate your squad mm-hmm. and you get, you know, some players in there. Like, I mean, for Arsenal, it's been a, it's almost been a breeding ground the last four years for the likes of Saka and Smithrow yeah. and Willick and... And all these guys, they've they've been able to get you know six games in that they wouldn't have gotten if we were in the Champions mm. League or not in the Champions League. So yeah. I think it's good in that sense. And the Europa Conference League would do the exact same thing. The problem is, mm. is when you get to the knockout stages, um, you know teams are going to take it a lot more seriously and they're going to start to play their best players. So for me as an Arsenal fan, I don't. I mean, I'm I just want us to do well in the league. It's been such a long time. But um, if we did happen to qualify for the Conference League, which is just even more of a joke than the Europa League, then I would just pray that Arteta or whoever's in charge of Arsenal was just like, this is just, I'm not taking, or Bamiyang, I'm not taking party Tierney to the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in a midweek game, or where this is just a youth competition, like, you know, or a squad competition, whatever you want to call it and we just play a B team the whole way through, then I'd be happy because at least everyone's getting minutes then. Um, mm. and everyone but you say that, I mean, with that, with that conference league, I mean, I agree with you in terms of it is a bit of a joke, but you've got to remember we support clubs that are kind of, you know, now City, for example, they're, they're regulars in the Champions League. So the, the snob in us, if you like, considers it beneath ourselves. But you've got teams <laughs> yeah. sort of like, say Wolves or you know or even Everton at the moment who like maybe struggling to get that you know they still get a chance to play in Europe and it's brilliant for them because they get to travel around fans get to travel obviously when things open up properly travel mm. to different parts of Europe you know in a competitive competition so it, it I think it's, it's still a good opportunity and for example even in the Bundesliga teams like Union Berlin who are in the second division not long ago they might be able to play in Europe it's fantastic for them um mm. and obviously it's more football to watch but but no I, I see what you're saying but um for teams sort of kind of like Spurs and yourselves, maybe it's more of a hindrance as opposed to kind of a goal. 
and there's the money aspect to it too isn't it so i don't i don't know how much yeah. money that you would make for playing in the europa conference league I mean, i'm sure it's not too much but i know that like qualifying for the champions league compared to qualifying for europa league the first year that arsenal missed out it was it's it's a, it's a ridiculous loss in revenue so i think it's mm. it's something like 50 plus million pounds or something crazy yeah. like that so um yeah i guess qualifying for these european, comp- european competitions can be quite a um financial coup for the clubs um, yeah yeah definitely. let's uh so the last game is liverpool palace this is probably the most straightforward game i guess what about of- west Ham southampton that's a big game Oh, I mean, we can cover that too, mate. I mean, we can cover that after. How about we talk about Liverpool Crystal Palace okay. first? Is Let's there anything it. here that you find interesting? I mean, Liverpool seems. Yeah, to, yeah, I was looking at the the XG of Liverpool too. I mean, it seems like they're kind of getting back to their their previous ways. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a results based um, angle that I'm looking at here. Um, you know, and as Nigel said, which I still can't believe that it was. I'm not sure if it was brilliant or absolutely atrocious, but uh, being a protractor and looking at all angles, <laughs> outrageous. Uh, but, um, that, was just, that was just absolute quality. <laughs> um, I really hope he made that. Like he thought of that himself rather than blagged it from somewhere else. But Nigel seems to sort of like that would just pull that one out of the hat from nowhere. But um, no. So the angle that I'm looking at for Liverpool Palace is cards based, and I, I can't believe the price really. Um, so. First things first, the, the pick that I've got, it it landed when Liverpool played Newcastle at home recently and it was a similar price then and it was the same referee. Um, so it's Andre Mariner who's in charge of this one. Um, he's got, he has got a low average, but like I said, he was in charge when Liverpool played Newcastle at home recently. Um, and this bet that I said was evens, it landed after 15 minutes in that game. Mm. Uh, and it's for both teams just to see a single card in the game. So just two, we need two cards, one for Liverpool, one for Palace. And that's at five to four. I mean, we've got to try and do the, the conversion on that. But uh, for people that love your decimals, um, let's have a look at it. Is that 2.25, 2.25, that one is. So, yeah, that's 2.25 for both teams just to see a card. Um, you know, Liverpool, like we said, we've already covered, you know, they can't, They need to equal Leicester City's result to guarantee a place uh, in the top four. But this will be Roy Hodgson's last game in charge of Palace. Um, so they'll want to try and finish on a high against uh, obviously Roy's former club and Palace they were thrashed 7-0 in, in the reverse fixture I, I don't necessarily see a repeat of that here but obviously Liverpool are in good form at the moment they're doing well and it looks like they're this final sort of little vein of form may see them finish in the Champions League spots which looked kind of uh, maybe a step too far at one point so they've done well in that regard um, but I, I did look at the markets for you know goals and, and the result here because I saw a few um, trends but the markets were awful. The the prices, if they're not bang on, they're, they're far too low. So they weren't really appealing. Um, but in terms of the cards, Liverpool have seen a card in 11 of their 18 home Premier League games this season. Uh, and in those, their opponents have seen a card in 15 out of 18. Meanwhile, Palace, when they're on their travels, have um, seen a card in at 13 out of their 18. Um, and their opponents in those saw a card in 12 out of 18. So, you know, they're quite high numbers, really. There's not a sort of a... They're not far away at all. So the fact that this bet for both teams to see a card at five to four, it's just it's a bit too high in my opinion. Um, maybe sort of around even, maybe at one point nine five, something like that. I think all they're doing is they're factoring in the fact that Liverpool don't tend to get fouled very often. 
um, just because of the way they play, you know, they're very quick with possession. They move the ball very fast, so players can't get near them. The opposition just can't touch them. But the fact, you know, this landed in that home game against Newcastle, and Palace are one of the most fouled sides in the division per game on average. For me, this price is just too good to turn down. So I, I do quite like both teams to be carded mm. at five to four. Yeah, well, watching Palace yesterday play Arsenal, they were very, very aggressive too. And that was Roy Hodgson's last game at home. So mm. I think they will be going out with a similar mindset. I think they obviously understand their game and they know that one of their best chances of, of getting a victory is to really irritate the other team and just get as physical as possible. So, um, yeah, no, yeah. I agree with that one, mate. And it seems like quite big odds. And Mr. Mr. Nimmo here, he... Um, he agrees with you. I assume that's with uh, Bet365, mate? Certainly is, yep. Okay, terrific. Um, all right. Uh, and do, do you have something to say about the West Ham-Southampton Southampton game? I do, actually. I do. There's not a lot into it. Just a quick one, just sort of touching on it. Um, yeah, Southampton have won just four of their 18 away games so far. That's just around 22%. But West Ham have only lost five of their 18 uh, at home. And only one of those was against the bottom half opposition. That was uh, Newcastle United on the opening day of the season. Um, and yeah, West Ham with everything to play for, like we've already covered. You know, they'll secure a Europa League spot with a draw, which is absolutely massive for them. Uh, when David Boyce came in, I think obviously last season, you know, they were hovering around uh, a relegation scrap. And as we all know, they've been brilliant this season, um, somewhat overperformed. But yeah, if they can secure Europa League, that'll be huge for them. And motivation will be high to do so. Um, and they'll secure that just with the draw. But I do think they'll want to get uh, the win here. But West Ham have scored exactly three goals in each of their last three home meetings with Southampton. Um, and it's been tough for Southampton. You know, they've had a pretty torrid season all in all. It's been fairly average. And I think they're just looking forward to it ending, try and regroup um, and you know, tackle the new season. I think they're kind of mentally already on the beach. Um, but yeah, I just I quite liked. Again, this is a price play more than anything um, for West Ham to win and West Ham to score two or more goals. It's two point seven four. Again, that's on three six five. I, I just thought that was a little bit overpriced. You know, West Ham games have seen quite a lot of goals recently, um, and the attacking nature that they have, the attacking prowess they've got, I think might be just a little bit too much for for Southampton. Um, you know, that was just kind of a, a brief overview. Of that one, I don't really see Southampton picking up the win there. So it's more of a price play. I'm not saying West Ham are going to go out and absolutely trounce Southampton, but a 2.74 for um, you know this kind of punt that could very easily land, particularly with what Southampton are like defensively and their torrid away form. Um, yeah, it was a worthy punt for me at 2.74. Sorry, what was the bet? Sorry, I didn't. I missed that. West Ham to win, but them to score two goals as well. Oh, okay, West Ham plus. Two goals for them. All right. Um, so let's just recap all your kind of top four battle, or I guess we can call it the top six mm. battle. Um, you've got Leicester double chance and over two and a half goals in that one. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. And what were the odds for that one? 2.17. That was on Unibet. 2.17. And Liverpool both and Liverpool. Liverpool Crystal Palace game, both teams to get a card there at 2.25 and West Ham to win and score two goals at 2.74. Sound good, mate? Correct. All Perfect. Right, got a question here from John Nimmo. He says, worth looking at first half markets too. I assume he's talking, oh, I think he just means first half markets in general, namely for Leicester and Manchester United games. Both teams are notorious 
for playing a game of two halves? Um, potentially, I don't like playing half markets personally. Um, again, you've, you've kind of said it there yourself. There's, you know, they're notorious for playing a game of two halves, and you can very easily get it wrong in half markets. Um, it's not something I prefer to dabble in, but again, I. I, again, I can't really comment on it because it's not something I, I tend to look at very much. But, you know, if the if end of the day, it comes down to everything. If you've spotted what you believe is value compared to the stats of, you know, if it's happened previously, then by all means have a go. Because if you're playing the value long term, you'll see profit. But half markets aren't something I tend to have a look at. All right. Terrific, mate. All right, we'll end it there with the top four rates. If anyone else has got some uh, predictions send it through it'd be interesting to see what people think will happen on the final day there's it seems like you know liverpool will most likely be the team to to go through and then out of chelsea and leicester it will be very very interesting let's go to your first uh game that you've picked out for this weekend sorry i'll just switch a few things around you are taking me to La Liga to kick things off and another massive game here as uh, Atletico Madrid look to beat Real Valladolid to secure the La Liga title, mate. Yeah, this is a absolutely massive game for, for both sides, really. Um, you know, for Valladolid, they need a win um, against their title-chasing visitors. Uh, but they also need defeats for Huesca and Elche, um, or a draw for the latter. But massive there to pull off a, a miraculous escape from uh, the dreaded drop in La Liga. For Atletico, the task simple. Win here, they secure the first La Liga crown for what seven? Yeah, seven years. But anything less obviously opens the door for Real Madrid to kind of pip them to the titles. They hold the better head-to-head -head advantage um, in the event of tired points. But yeah, via the lead, I've seen two plus cards in 72% of their home games this season, while uh, Atletico have seen over 1.5 in 89% of their away La Liga games. Um, and in fact, in the reverse fixture earlier on in the season, there were six cards and Atletico saw four of them. Um, but yeah, the, the bet I like is it's quite low price, but I don't see, given the nature of the game, given what's at stake for both teams, uh, both teams to see two plus cards, so over 1.5 team cards each is, is 1.7. On bet three six five, but this bet is as low as one point four two. Elsewhere, uh, my model suggests that this should be priced around one point four five. So Unibet have got it, you know, pretty much smack on. So I bet three six five offering one point seven for this. It was a little high in my opinion, and there's value there, and, and I do think it lands just because of what's at stake in the game. Um, I haven't looked at the referee announcements just of yet, but as we know, referees in, in Spain are notorious for cards, and I don't see even even a man who's got no eyesight is going to watch this one and think, how oh, is that not worth a card? It's just going to be ridiculous in my opinion. Um, so yeah, both teams over 1.5 cards, relatively simple at 1.7 on Bet365, rail via the lead against Atletico Madrid. Loving it, mate. Loving it. I mean, it should be a feisty encounter. Both teams with a lot to play for, mate. Um, and then you want to take me over to France now, mate. And another huge game is Lille. Look to wrap up the league uh, title yes mate we're on a european tour and we're looking at again another sort of title chasing uh challenge last game of the season in france and lille sitting uh, pretty at the top of the table it's, it's so tight there's a point in it between them and, and psg um but yeah huge game in the west of france as a, a win for lille season crowners league on champions um it'll be the first time a team other than psg's won it since monaco in 2016-17 
but Lille have got the best away defence across Europe's uh, top five leagues. And that's an excellent foundation to have if you're trying to, you know, go out and win a title on the final day ahead of PSG. You know, the, obviously they're the best in the country. Um, but yeah, obviously they need to equal or better PSG's uh, result to win that title. 61% of Lille's away games have seen under two and a half goals this season, but they've won 72% of those away games. So, you know, Lille obviously win these games quite by quite a tight margin on a, on a frequent basis. Um, they've also fared better away from home uh, this campaign, winning 13 of their 18 matches and come into the into this one on the back of four away victories. And that includes once against PSG as well. So you could argue that game alone has kind of put them in this position. It was a title decider then if they can go on and win this one. But I'm going to go for, I'm going to Dutch two separate bets. Um, so firstly, I'm going to be going with Lille um, to win and under two and a half goals. And that's at 3.4. And I'm going to Dutch that with Lille to win and under three and a half goals. And that's 1.95. So if you Dutch it accordingly, um, obviously you'll be able to kind of make profit on that one. But yeah, I, I, I do see Lille winning. I think they'll hold their composure. I don't think I don't think any other side, in in fact, no side in league has scored more goals than them in the final 15 minutes. So I feel if things do get tight and edgy, they'll be confident of the fact that you know they can go and get a winner, um, as they've done it so many times this season already. So Angers, you know, not a lot less to play for. I think. If anything, this is just a big game for them because they can be the ones to stop Lou winning a title. That's that's all they've got on it. But apart from that, there's, there's nothing for them to really play for. So, yeah, two bets on that one. Dutch in the bet of Lille and under two and a half um, and Lille and under three and a half. Um, those are our odds of 3.4 and 1.95 respectively. All right, mate. How good is this? And to cap things off, we're taking our first ever trip to America. And and we're going to be covering a game of Seattle Sanders versus Atalanta. Oh, jeez, Atlanta. <laughs> jeez, I, I'm I'm in I'm in, oh, in I'm in Italy most of the time, mate. So this is very confusing for me. So uh, yeah, Seattle mate, Sanders. It was, it was it, yeah, it was worse for me the other week when I tipped a, a double of Atlanta United to win and Atalanta to win as well in the same same pick. That was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> but <laughs> some people were very confused. But uh, well, no, yeah. I love Seattle. I've, you know, I've been to watch Seattle Sounders a number of times. I know a few of the people there um, and they've got off to a brilliant start uh, in this MLS campaign. You know, they were last season's MLS Cup finalists, um, but they've got a 100% record at home so far, winning their opening three games. But that's by an aggregate of nine goals to nil. And they still face some uh, some tough to other teams there as well, because um, none of them have seen five goals or more either. But uh, two of those home games were against free scoring sides, LA Galaxy and LAFC. Um, so you know, and that takes some doing. But Seattle do play some excellent football. I don't know if you saw a, a clip um, midweek of some of the expansive football, counter-attacking football that they were playing. It was sublime. It was really good for no disrespect to the MLS, but obviously the standard over there compared to Europe isn't isn't obviously comparable really. But they play some brilliant football. Um, but yeah, looking at them against Atalanta. See, I've done it. There you go. <laughs> looking at them against it, it happens, mate. I'm just adding an extra A in there. Can't help it. There's too many A's already. But no, Atlanta United, um, that's who they welcome. And none of their previous head-to-heads um, have seen more than three goals. So they tend to be relatively low scoring. Um, but Atlanta, so far this season, it's hard to judge because you know we're about five, six games in. But nevertheless, they're a different side um, away from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They don't look as cohesive. Um, they've just welcomed back, obviously, Jackson Martinez the last couple of games has um, he's been kind of injured, but uh, no, he's back in and in the running, in the firing. So, you know, he's a fantastic goal scorer, but they need him to kind of be on form. But yeah, Atlanta are yet to pick up a win 
on the road uh, whatsoever. The Sounders, in terms of team news, this is they're going to be without their keeper, uh, Stefan Fry, and he is a fantastic keeper in terms of the MLS. He, he's brilliant, but they've been, this will be the second game they're missing him, and uh, you know it didn't concern him in the last game. Um, but they're also going to be without key midfielder Nicolas Lodero. He's been out since the beginning of the season, and again they've been managed to cope without him. But uh, so it's just more to kind of highlight the fact that even though uh, they could be missing a few key players, they've got that strength in depth and still have that quality. They are one of the best, if not the best team in, in the MLS, and they're one of the most consistent sides as well. And despite missing uh, Ladero, they've still managed to score at least twice in every home match so far without reply. They've kept clean sheets in all of them. As I've mentioned, the quality is, are just in my opinion, far superior, and they should be able to pick up a win here against a side that don't look like they're travelling that well. Um, and I was quite surprised to see that the line for, for, for goals, you know, like I said, head-to-heads, there's not many goals. Seattle have been very good at home, but you know, Atlanta, they're still okay um, in terms of like their defensive side. They're not that frail defensively. But yeah, Seattle Sounders uh, to win and under five match goals, you could get at evens, which I thought was a great price. So I'd have it a bit lower than that, more around sort of maybe 1.85, 1.9, something like that. So yeah, for Seattle Sounders to win under five match goals um, at evens on bet 365, I thought was a good punt. Under five. So that would be a push if it goes to five goals. Well, yeah, so basically, no, because it's not an Asian line. It's not an Asian line, so you need it to be four goals or less. Okay. You do that in the bet builder. All right. No worries. And that was at evens. At, was that a bet 365 at twos? Yep, again, it was offering the best price. So. All right. Awesome. Okay, now we have a few questions that we can get to. Uh, first one from Gambling Fan, or at least we have two from Gambling Fan. He says, how low would you go on Lil? plus under an, under two and a half goals? Well, as soon as I've already mentioned, I'll be uh, dutching that with under 2.5 and then also again with under 3.5 just to kind of keep it safe. But if you're going under 2.5, like well, as I've already said, the uh, the odds on that are 3.4. I, I wouldn't want to go any lower than maybe threes. I think two, you know, I think two to one or 3.0 is, is a very good price, but maybe not lower than that because, you know, it is the last game of the season. You know, one angers goal and then obviously uh it's quite tight then so but yeah i think there'd be still valuing it at threes but any lower than that i wouldn't want to maybe be going on it but the price i've got on that is, is a great price yep um and he's also asked a long long time ago but i forgot to get to it i thought it'd be best to get to it at the end of the podcast but he's asked oh sorry wrong one when should i place my futures bets for the 2021 slash 22 season i don't know if you have any any thoughts on this but i would say definitely now it's probably a you know way too early because um you know we don't even haven't even gone through a transfer window yet or even gotten close to it we don't know what squads will look like we don't even know what teams would be in the certain leagues because the promotion and relegation races so yeah when do you start to look at those things um well for example if we're looking at this season you know you've got the euros to come you don't know what injuries will happen as you've already attested to you don't know what transfers are going to happen you don't know what squads are going to look like um you can kind of get more of a feel of how teams are going to play and what's going to go on sort of when when the friendlies sort of start maybe a few weeks out a couple of weeks out before the new season start um so that's kind of when I'd be looking at. It depends what futures you're placing. If it's you know top goal scorers or teams, you know if it's teams to finish in a certain position, you want to kind of do your research into that team, see what their aspirations are, see what business that they do, um, and that sort of thing. But yeah, if it's to do with players, 
you definitely want to be waiting to see what happens and you get a clearer picture of how the season's going to unfold in your in your opinion. There's too many variables that we don't know at the moment, like transfers and stuff. So yeah, a couple of weeks, maybe a few weeks out before the season starts, in my opinion. Yep. All right. Terrific. Um, and obviously still got the Euros and all that to be played too. So there could be injuries and all sorts of things. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. if you backed someone like Tottenham to win the league and there wasn't any news about <laughs> Harry Kane leaving the club and he got got injured or something like that or, you know, like a key player. Track, let's just say Jack Grealish or something like that does a does an ACL in the Euros, you know. So If you're betting, to- if you're betting Tottenham to win the league, reevaluate. <laughs> and fast and fast <laughs> love that um all right so we will oh do we have some more here we go we got some more player cam hd says to both of you who's your outside picks for euro 2020 well i got i got denmark i think everyone got on board the yeah. denmark train very early but i got them at 81 Odds of 81 or something like that. So that was a long, long time ago. So I'll be backing Denmark. And I think they've really firmed into maybe like 30 to 1 or 40 to 1, something like that now. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I had a small little pun on, on Denmark as well. But uh, I'll be honest, I've been re- so busy that I've not really had a chance to actually just sort of sit down for a couple of hours, put my research in and make picks. So it might be a case of um, sort of going game by game for me and having a, just having fun with it really but um no denmark are, are a play but uh, i'll be having a look probably probably this weekend to be fair after the season's done sit down see if i can still pick some decent prices but i'd imagine some of them are long gone by now yeah and we haven't really talked about it yet or discussed any plans but hopefully um george and and nigel too will be around over the coming months and we can do some previews of the euros and also you're covering the copper america too mate so mm-hmm. um that'll you know give us plenty of yeah, tips to, to get out to the people. Uh, we got Gambling Fan, he's back. How low would you go? He's, he really, uh, he's obviously gone to his favorite betting website and they're not offering the LT. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How low would you go for West Ham plus uh, West Ham two goals or more? Uh, probably about 2.5. For me, 2.5 is a, a good line there. I've got on at 2.74, but yeah, 2.5 is, I think, as low as I go on that one. All right, terrific. And player cam HD, he's just he's loving the he's loving the channel. He's he's loving the previews. Um, so yeah, mate, we'll we'll keep it up. Um, all right, people, get your answers in for the quiz question of the week. And in the meantime, George will get to his best bet of the weekend. Uh, the quiz question, just to rehash, was which two players have earned the most yellow cards in the EPL this season? So get your answers in if anyone is around. Uh, and maybe you can have a think about it yourself, mate. Don't, uh, don't obviously put it in the. Have a look at the comments that come through. No cheating. Uh, best bet of the weekend, mate. What, um, what are we thinking? Yeah, so I've been sort of having a look through them, really. Um, and I, cause obviously, I like them all. So it's trying to think, obviously, what the best punt would be. And but I think I'm going to have to go with the lower, the lower price one, just because of everything that's riding on it and, and the stats behind it. Real via Real via the lead um, home to Atletico Madrid. Both teams over one point five cards uh, at one point seven. Uh, yeah, I, just, I don't see how it doesn't doesn't land. I mean, I might eat my words, and uh, we see none in the game. That would be typical. But I, I don't see how this game doesn't see a hat full of cards. If I'm honest, um, with everything at stake for both teams. So yeah, both teams over one point five cards at one point seven. 
tremendous, mate. Let's, uh, what have we got here? Um, Chelsea plays Saturday. It's, uh, okay, I think that might be a little bit of spam. I'm sorry about that. Uh, you guys need to start reviews for the Brazil Latin America markets. Congrats for the great job. Well, I guess the closest we'll get to it, mate, is the is the Copper America in a, in a couple of weeks. When does that kick off, mate? So that kicks off uh, June 13th, I believe. June 13th. All right, very exciting. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get to the quiz question. But firstly, make sure you follow this man on your screen at C George Gamble on Twitter, and also check out his YouTube channel, which is called George Gamble, for any uh, card related information or picks or whatever. And um, yeah, uh, Nigel's obviously someone else that we get on the podcast quite regularly, um, who normally joins us. PremierSportsPlays.com and yeah george will be working there over the summer with the copa america so make sure i was going to say as well a bit sorry for the bit of self promo but uh a lot of these previews are put up on the personal page as well with uh so that's on twitter as well which you can follow it i think it's george underscore cgg um if you want to check out the previews there a lot of them will be i think most of them will be from what we've discussed today but if you like them in front of you in in writing um then they'll be up there yeah, cool for those visual, more visual learners. Or there you go. There you go. Don't like to listen to to me talk and whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, so we've got uh, we've got the quiz question here. Which two players have earned the most yellow cards in the EPL season? We've we've got a few answers already come in, mate. But uh, if you had to pick two players that are at the top of the list at the moment, what would you go with? I mean, I'm pretty sure I know it because obviously following cards. I, I mean, I don't go on player card markets, just I just don't, but I still keep track of it and I know which players are good for them. So I'm pretty sure it's Harry Maguire is one and a certain McGinney, John McGinney Esther is the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, mate, you are very much correct. We had a few answers come in. Uh, so Sid has said, is it Maguire or Shaw? Mate, it's it's just Maguire and also McGinn joining in. And then uh, John Nimmo. I mean, everyone's kind of gone Harry Maguire, which is good. So they've got mm -hmm. one of them right. The other ones were, um, so you had Harry Maguire and John McGinn. And then I think next best was Connor Gallagher from West Brom. Yep. Uh, yeah. He's, so, he's yeah. a loanee from Chelsea. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, up, up, sorry. Yeah, he is indeed. And and then I think you've obviously got the likes of Hoybier, Calvin Phillips and, and those kind of players. Yeah, Hector Bellerin was uh, up the top there too. Uh, I think he had I think he had like eight yellow cards or something very <laughs> close to that within like the first half of the season, but he's done nothing at the yards because he hasn't really started too many games. Um all right, I think John Nimmo's got one final quote. Loving all this uh these questions. They're just flooding in. Uh, what matches for the EPL do you think is most likely for scoring goals and both teams to score from a value betting over 2.5 perspective? As said earlier, a lot of goals in the final match day. Ooh, I mean, for over two and a half, there's a few games I like, as I've already mentioned, there's a ridiculous amount of goals um, in the final day. So I quite like Arsenal and Brighton to see uh, three or more goals. Um, Villa Chelsea as well. 
Um, as I've already mentioned, Leicester and Tottenham, I definitely think we'll see over two and a half. Um, and West Ham United, Southampton. Yeah, I think you could potentially see a few goals there, as I've already mentioned. But yeah, so those would be my favourite ones. Uh, both teams to score. This is a difficult one, but yeah, Leicester and, and Tottenham, I can both potentially see scoring. Because uh, when Harry Kane's on the pitch, you know, he, there's always Spurs have always got a chance of scoring. But it's whether they can score enough to stay in the game. So, yeah, for over 2.5, Arsenal-Brighton, Leicester-Tottenham, um, and yeah, West Ham-Southampton, I think, would, would be my picks. Yep. All right. Awesome, mate. Well, I guess we can call it a day there. That was a very entertaining podcast lots of uh lots of great questions coming through good to see you all joining in for a for a live one which is can be a rare event nowadays uh but hopefully we will be back this kind of wraps up the the game week season so thank you george and thank you nigel and even haru back in the day who were coming on every week or just about every week to preview the the football or the what do you want to call it the club football um but yeah big uh big international fixtures or tournaments coming up so that'll be very exciting and hopefully we can get some more content your way so yeah thanks for listening everyone do a quick rate and review of the podcast and subscribe to us wherever you listen and if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talk about weekly on the podcast start a free week trial of trademate sports and begin your value betting journey george mate it's been a pleasure and we'll uh we'll catch you very soon, mate. Nice one. Take care.